0: Greetings, outcasts, free thinkers, narrative questioners, dot connectors, and genuinely open-minded and outright curious inhabitants of whatever realm we exist in at the moment. You are about to embark on another free first-hour episode of The Notes. If you find yourself wanting to dig deeper and have the desire to join the conversation during our monthly melt meetups, you might want to consider becoming a monthly subscriber. For as little as three lousy Babylon Hokey Pokey tokens per month, you can have access to full-length, early, and exclusive episodes. Just visit patreon.com slash themeltpodcast or click the link in the episode notes to set the process in motion. It's simple, painless, and very well might make you feel tingly inside. So without further ado, please enjoy the show! (laughs) I know that i rail on materialism all the time on this show but only because it's the cause of so much confusion it's a major piece of the puzzle that has people thinking that they are their bodies that consciousness is tethered to the brain and that this life is all that there is before it's our turn to feed the worms you see if they can convince you that this material existence is a closed system which you will only participate in one time with no consequences for your actions, then they have you. They can amp up the fear of death if you believe that it's your last stop. They can emphasize why you should be hedonistic now, partaking of all that the material world has to offer because that's the only thing on their menu. and. While they have you playing the material game, they can get you lost in the labyrinth of endless distraction whilst you trade your precious hours for more temporal stuff.
2: Do you know what a devey is?
0: Comfort. It's a blanket. Just a blanket. No, why do guys like you and I know what a is? Is this essential to our survival in the hunter gatherer sense of the word? No. What are we then? Consumers, right? We are consumers. We are byproducts of a lifestyle obsession. Murder, crime, poverty, these things don't concern me. What concerns me are celebrity magazines, television with 500 channels, some guy's name on my underwear. Rogaine, Viagra, Lestra, Martha Stewart. Fuck Martha Stewart. Arthur's polishing the brass on the Titanic. It's all going down, man. So fuck off with your. Sofa units and string green stripe patterns. I say never be complete. I say stop being perfect. I say let let's evolve. Let the chips fall where they may. That's me, and I could be wrong. Maybe it's a terrible tragedy. Uh, it's just it's just stuff. Uh, tragedy. Well, you did lose a lot of versatile solutions for modern learning. Fuck, you're right. My insurance is probably going to cover it. So. What? The things you own
3: end up owning you.
0: Materialism is a self fulfilling prophecy, really. I mean, let's hear what Jay Richards has to say about it.
3: Lots of materialists, people like Carl Sagan or Neil deGrasse Tyson, for instance, will more or less define science appropriately. It's something like uh, test your hypotheses against the evidence, try to look for observations or experiments that could confirm or contradict uh, your hypothesis, and then follow the evidence where it leads. That's science, that's great. But the minute you impose materialism on science, you're basically saying ahead of time what kind of evidence you're willing to entertain. In other words, you're saying, ahead of time, we're never going to find evidence that the universe is purposive. We're never going to find evidence of teleology in the material world. We're never going to find evidence that the universe came into existence in the finite past and exists for a purpose. Well, that's certainly, all of those are logical possibilities that I would think what you'd want to do if you're properly scientific is to be open to those possibilities, at least as a possibility, to say there's might be something I could observe about the natural world that would suggest that the universe points beyond itself. That seems to me the the sort of appropriately skeptical but open-minded attitude of the the true spirit of natural science, not this false materialist uh, masquerade of science.
0: So the main service that materialism provides is limiting the menu of possibilities. This is the same sort of gatekeeping that just about any field of study or institution ends up indulging in. And any area of study that has to do with consciousness is an area of study above all others where no such limitations should be tolerated. By deeming experts and scholars and authorities the power to dictate what they allow our minds to even ponder, we relinquish our cognitive autonomy and henceforth our ability to dictate our own boundaries and compose our own metaphorical menus of possibility. Today's guest, hypno and regression therapist Steve Burgess, joins us to chat about how our past lives affect our present lives and demonstrates that our consciousness continues regardless of what body it may or may not be inhabiting and that the lines between incarnations may be blurred beyond what we might consider to be the tangible dividing line of physical death. I start off the conversation by asking Steve to tell us a little about his background for those of us who might not have heard of him before now.
4: I've been a hypnotherapist for over 31 years, and in that time I've completed over 15,000 uh, therapy sessions, so I've been around for a long time. Um, I specialize particularly in regression, uh, because I find that's the, for me, the most powerful form of therapy that, that is available for anybody on earth. Uh, and I particularly specialize in past life regression. Uh, I've I've written and had two books published on past life regression. And um, it's the sort of thing that I'm internationally known for. I, I have clients in 24 countries around the world and most of the work I do is about helping people with issues that are holding them back in their lives and blocking them from living their lives freely. Um, so that's basically a, a a very simple summary of who I am and what I do.
0: Sure. how did uh, how did past life regression sort of come on your radar? How did you hear about it?
4: It was it was very strange really. um as professionally, um because I, I obviously I'd known about uh, reincarnation for a number of years because uh, first of all, when I was about fifteen, I fell upon the concept of reincarnation and suddenly, everything in life made sense to me. Um, At that stage, being on earth in this asylum uh, didn't make sense in any way, shape or form. Um, And suddenly the concept of reincarnation made a lot of sense. Um, I subsequently became a practicing Buddhist for a number of years, um, and was practicing Buddhism very seriously for a number of years. Um, So, you know, the concept of reincarnation didn't scare me, I understood it quite deeply. Mm But as a hypnotherapist, I hadn't trained in past life regression because in those days, in the early 1990s, it it wasn't very well known and there were very few people doing past life regression around the world. Um, So I was a standard hypnotherapist. My work was really about taking clients into trance and then using what we call post-hypnotic suggestion therapy, which is basically, uh, the concept of that is to reprogram the client's inner mind, the subconscious mind, so that they stop doing the wrong things and start doing the right things, you could say. Um, and that was working relatively well. And then maybe, maybe six months, a year into my practice uh, as a therapist, uh, a young man came into me with a severe anxiety state. And Um, he was about 24 years of of age and he sat in front of me in my office and in English the phrase we have he was a bag of nerves
2: Mm. he
4: was shaking he was breathing quickly uh, he couldn't sit still he was moving all the time um, he was stammering his words out he was so tense Um, and it was a really severe anxiety state so and, and he said, I, I, I just, I can't even go to work anymore. I've had to give my job up. Uh, I now just sit at home all day shaking. Uh, the doctor's given me medication, which doesn't work and actually th- probably made it worse as it often does. Um, and he said, my wife said, if I don't get myself fixed, um, she's going to divorce me. She can't live like this anymore. I just, I just don't have a life anymore. Um, so I said, well, I mean, one of the questions we ask as therapists is how long have you had the problem for? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I've always been a worrier, even as a child, I was a worrier, but since the children came along a few years ago, this has got worse and worse until now I'm just in this awful state all of the time so i asked him if you know had anything caused it you know have you had any major traumas in the last few years nothing at all because obviously as a therapist we you know you don't catch an anxiety state it's not caused by sitting sitting next to somebody on the bus and you get you catch their anxiety state it's not like flu um but there was nothing that he could hang his hat on okay i said well let's do some hypnosis so i gently guided him into trance and remember trance or hypnosis is a you could say a form of relaxation and within minutes he'd really relaxed right down his body slumped in my reclining chair his breathing was slow and deep and he looked it looked just so wonderfully relaxed and i thought this is great you know this is this is working And then (laughs) uh, (laughs) be ready for this. I will actually underplay this because otherwise it might break the microphone. um, After about 10 minutes, all of a sudden, he suddenly became very tense and his body stiffened. And then his hands started to shake and he started to look around. He was entranced and he's looking all over the place. He said, no, hide, hide. Hide quickly in here, hide hide the children. Quickly they're coming. They're coming, they're coming. No. Hide quickly shh quiet, 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 quiet. Then there was a pause for a few seconds, and all of a sudden he started to scream and writhe and yell Ah no 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 not the children no 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 no, no. Ah! Wow and I'm sitting there with my hypnotherapy script, thinking, "What the? <laughs> <laughs>
0: what have we opened up here?"
4: Absolutely. So I said, I, uh, "What was happening?" And he was—he just—he was just completely calm again. He said, "That was weird." He said, "He said it was like I was in another body, in another time." He said, "I was a man and." soldiers were coming Nazi soldiers were coming for me and my children and we were trying to hide them with my wife and then they came in they found us in a room and they they, they murdered us they shot us all to pieces
1: wow was he still hypnotized at this state
4: he was yes he was still in trance okay. so it's a great question actually Hunter. yes he was he was still in trance um I said how do you feel he said I feel wonderful I feel absolutely wonderful. He said, I am completely calm. I have never, ever felt this calm in the whole of my life. I thought, well, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I I said, okay. He said, what was it? What was it? He said, I said, I I think you've been in a past life. Uh, I said, you know, obviously it was a death in a past life. But how do you feel now? He said, I feel completely calm so i continued with the session just did some more gentle relaxation brought him out of trance at the end of the session and his problem was completely released it was completely healed in those 10 minutes wow and i thought why don't i know about this Mm. because this is very significant Now, basically, he had spontaneously regressed into a death in a past life. So I then started to look at ways of uh, finding out more about past life regression. And Mm -hmm. there is an American Past Life Association. I contacted them. I got some scripts from them and then started to develop working with it little by little. Um, And then over the last 30 years or so, I've developed a, a regression system, which I've created, uh, which is very refined. And it's almost like laser therapy, Mm. um, where with my client's subconscious, in most cases, when they come with an issue, not only can we find um, what caused the issue but also, you know, where is the best way of healing it? Um, because in regression, well, there are three different areas that we work in. And I think we'll probably talk about these as we go sure. through the uh, the discussion. Um. So it was just remarkable. I mean, and I thought, well, this is incredible. He's, he's, he's healed, he's better in 10 minutes. And that lifelong problem has just gone completely. Oh. So, and that's the first of hundreds i don't know thousands of 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 amazing experiences that i've experienced in my client sessions over the years it's amazing it's quite extraordinary and and it it took my breath away now i'm used to it I i mean not not all sessions are as dramatic as that sure um but we do occasionally have these sessions where clients are writhing and screaming and yelling as they relive the, the trauma from the past it's it's often death trauma uh, in past lives um, but uh, not always sometimes it can be the loss of a loved one or the end of a relationship in a past life where we didn't see it coming and, and you know that often you'll find a relationship issue in this life has got past life connections as well
0: mm-hmm. yeah
4: because uh, as you probably know the concept of reincarnation is we have these, clusters of souls uh, soul groups people or souls who reincarnate with us over many lifetimes and some of those are closer to us and some of them are further away from us and um, obviously people who are closer to us in terms of the soul cluster they tend to reincarnate with us at a, at a closer level i.e family and loving relationships etc.
1: Did you have subsequent sessions with him or what did he, that was it? He didn't fixed, need any more.
4: Didn't need any more. No. Wow. Completely fixed in one session. And that occasionally happens. I mean, I, I wish it happened every time. I'd be a millionaire. I'd charge a massive amount for <laughs> fixing people in one session. But um, some people need extensive therapy. Um, you know, for some people it's, I mean, having said that, extensive therapy to a regression therapist is not what extensive therapy would be in the us for people who go and have psychoanalysis Mm -hmm. Um, because as we know that can go on for years Mm -hmm. Um, whereas regression therapy tends to be much more radical and uh you know it's a it's several sessions 10 15 20 25 occasionally but not it can be two or three sessions but it's not hundreds of sessions in most cases. Sure. uh, In most cases. I've had two or three clients over the years who have needed several years of regular therapy, but Mm -hmm. their issues were very deep-rooted. Sure, sure.
1: I I wonder, in his case, uh, how, like, if you could look back on him, you know, check in with him and see if he had any other experiences like that, or if it was cleared and he was able to maintain his relationship and and maybe not feel that anxiety around his children. Mm.
4: I, To be honest, it, we just knew it had gone. We mm. just knew it was fixed, simp- simple as, you know, when I asked him uh, to think about, you know, his children, when I asked him to think about his family, when I asked mm-hmm. him to, at the end of that session to think about the anxiety, it had just simply dissolved away it just didn't Amazing. exist
1: anymore that's incredible
0: it, it seems like you would by reopening this wound that obviously was not completely healed at it that and, and then going back into that trauma you think you would almost make it worse in a sense by re-exposing it but what do you think mm-hmm. it is about that process about reliving that 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 somehow yeah. brings closure?
4: So good point. And there is a a possibility that trauma can be re-stimulated if you don't work with it correctly. Mm -hmm. And by don't work with it correctly, what I mean is the therapist doesn't take the client through the trauma in enough depth. Mm. So the regression model is that all of our issues as human beings, and I mean all of our issues, come from locked in feelings and emotions from past traumas. So what we're aiming to do is, in most cases in regression, to release those traumas wherever they come from. And it's important that they are fully released so that we take all the energy out of them. And the analogy I tend to use is that we all have an emotional pressure cooker, you know, a pressure cooker. I'm sure you're old enough to remember pressure cookers. Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, within this pressure cooker is all the emotional pressure, the stuff that's building. And what it does all day long, that pressure in our pressure cooker, emotional trauma it bubbles and bubbles and we react to that pressure in different ways so Mm -hmm. remember when you hear a pressure cooker it'd be bubbling away and the pressure would be coming out of a little hole yeah
2: yeah.
4: What, what we do we react to that pressure in some with all the the issues that we have so for some people, they may uh, react with depression. For someone else, they may react with panic attacks or phobias. For someone else, they may have skin problems. For someone else, they may have physical issues. Mm-hmm. For someone else, they may have a lack of confidence, etc., etc., etc. So all of these issues are, uh, this is our way of reacting to this inner pressure. What we're doing in a therapy session, regression session, is to, in trance, take the lid off, because there's a depth to doing this in trance. Mm-hmm we take the lid off we let some of the pressure out and we put the lid back on again and at the end of the session the pressure has dropped that space is healing now it could be then um, that the client experiences some relief for a few days from the issue before the pressure comes back up again and we do another session back into the past, release the trauma, take the lid off, let the pressure out, put the lid back on. Over time, the pressure drops and drops and drops. And The key to this is having the courage as a therapist to actually let the client relive the trauma more than once. Mm-hmm. Because if a client has, you know, I mean, we see lots of tears in this work, it's not fun, it's very deep, it's incredibly powerful, but we see a lot of emotion coming through. Some therapists are comfortable with that, and so what they tend to do is try to get people out of the unhappiness or the sadness mm-hmm. or the yeah. or the shaking. Sometimes the body can be shaking in a session while the, it releases the trauma, and, and that can scare the hell out of some therapists. Um, and of course, a lot of therapists like to be in control. Well, in this case, the client's subconscious is controlling the session, so you have to trust it. Mm-hmm if you let the releasing go if you take the client back several times through the death it will drop the pressure in that death or in that trauma right down and then it's neutralized it's gone so it cannot be re-stimulated because you've released all of that pressure from that trauma so as long as the job is done correctly i mean i i run a past life or a regression training course which is a four day long training course there are some so-called therapists out there who will train in past lives in one day. You can't learn this in one day. Mm. It's just too deep. So for me, the aim is to train therapists to be courageous enough to take the client back and back and back over and over until the energy is completely spent and then they're completely better.
1: It's interesting because it seems like every person's reaction to the therapy It is so individualized because one person can experience a traumatic event and maybe it doesn't create that much pressure, but for someone else, it would be life altering and life changing. So what I like about this is that it is so um, central on that person and their experience and it's not really a one size fits all training modality
4: that's wonderful yes absolutely we, we say it's client-led it's mm-hmm. led by the client but ultimately it's led by the client subconscious
2: mm-hmm.
4: now our subconscious mind is our all-knowing all-wise part of the mind um i mean after so many years doing this work and, and with all the sort of spiritual stuff i've done over the years and practices i've done i actually now believe we have a higher self um, and to me, our higher self either is our subconscious or is intimately connected to it. So when we're working with the client's subconscious, it has this awesome wisdom. And if the therapist can let it come through and get out of the way, then it does the work for us, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, so with my system of regression, um, I use a technique we call an idiomotor response technique. What does that mean? Well, once the client is in trance, I ask the subconscious to come through into a hand or a finger and to take uh, to make one of the fingers move all by itself, let's say. Sometimes it's a hand, but let's just say it's a finger. And, and this happens just independently of the client. Most of the time, my client is laying there in trance with their eyelids closed and this finger's moving and they're thinking what's this going on <laughs> <laughs> weird and there's so many at the, so many of them at the end of the session say that was weird <laughs> um and what i ask the subconscious to do is just give me yes no signals so whenever the finger moves it says yes if i ask a question it says no it, it doesn't move it means no so then all i'm doing is asking yes, no questions, open sure. questions. I'm not yeah. leading the client because mm-hmm. I'm very unhappy with therapists who lead clients and implant things. It's yeah. wrong to do that. Sure. Um, so I'll say to the client's subconscious, let's say my client comes with a depression, um, and I'll ask the subconscious, so we're, depression, by the way, is caused by locked-in anger. Um mm-hmm. It isn't caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain. That, that's a, a medical lie that was created by drug companies in the 70s to sell mm-hmm. antidepressants. Absolutely. Um, uh, it's, it's, caused, it's an emotional state in, in, in these cases. So what I'm asking the subconscious is the roots, the emotional causes of the depression. What, where are the traumas in the past that have locked in the anger um, and the reason, and by the way, anger is what we call a composite emotion. So underneath anger, there's always sadness. So this is why uh, depression is characterized by melancholy, mm-hmm. um, the sadness underneath the anger. I'm asking the subconscious, whereabouts in the past have the emotional traumas taken place connected to causing the anger and the depression? And I ask, is there, are there any traumas in this lifetime? at any time in this life, and we may get a yes for that. Then I'll ask the subconscious whereabouts in this life. There are five areas of life. Traumas can take place in adult life, in adolescence, in childhood. The time of birth can be very traumatic, or pre-birth in the womb. So what I'm asking there is whereabouts have have the traumas taken place in this lifetime? Second question is, are there any past lives causing the? And if we get a yes, I'll ask how many past lives? And I'll just count. One, two, three. Okay, we've got three past lives to work in. And the next question is, are there any ancestral traumas that we've inherited that you've inherited from any of your ancestors in your bloodline? From parents, grandparents, great grandparents, mm-hmm. great grandparents. Can go a long way back. And what I've then done, we've I've got a diagnosis exactly of what we need to do. I mean, my client has probably been to doctors dozens of times over 20, 30, 40 years and not got an answer. Now, in 10 minutes, they've got an answer. Oh, it's from my childhood and also there's a couple of past lives. And then I always ask, is it okay for us to work on this stuff? And if the subconscious says yes, then we start working and we go back into regression. Not everybody can regress, it has to be said but most people can. And for those that can, they get these incredibly powerful results. Can I give you a good story from one of my clients just at the moment? Please. Um, Because I work with a lot of physical issues. Um, And I have a client who's in Utah actually, uh, somewhere near Salt Lake City. Um, She's a lovely lady. Um, She's had severe back problems for about 15 years. And the back problem has got so severe that she's been having a lot of surgery on the spine, on the back. Of all of the vertebrae in her spine, there are only five vertebrae that the, that the surgeons haven't touched. Mm. They've worked on all the others. She has um, a lot of the uh, vertebrae are fused together now, they're fusing together. Uh, she's got some sort of electric electrodes in the back to try to remove the pain or reduce the pain. Jeez um the doctors don't know what to do she can't go back to work she works from home laying on her back a lot of the time Mm. she's she's unable to stand for more than two hours at a time
2: Mm.
4: um her life has just fallen apart her husband they have no family life her children she can't do anything with them um Mm. and the doctors just don't know what to do anymore they've you know they've just given up she's on a cocktail of medications which are Mm. not really working And the pain in the upper part of the spine, the thoracic spine from up to the neck is just excruciating most of the day. And um, her subconscious has indicated that the roots of this are in emotional traumas. So in our very first session, she went back into her grandfather's life to release some trauma from her grandfather's life. Um, And it wasn't fun, it was very unpleasant trauma that he was going through from his childhood. But um, she felt marvellous at the end of the session. Most of these sessions, people are in trance for about an hour with me. Um, She felt wonderful at the end, the pain was much, much better and she was much calmer. And then I saw her two weeks later for the second session she looked like a different person Mm
3: -hmm.
4: um the pain had dropped from 12 out of 10 (laughs) 10 out of 10 to 4 out of 10.
2: Mm. Uh,
4: she felt massively calm she was able to walk around and move she'd even spent 12 hours at a a music festival a week earlier without any any side effects afterwards we then did another session where she regressed back into her adolescence and released some adolescent trauma and i saw her again last week the pain is way down, maybe two out of 10. It's a dull ache now. Um, and over the previous two weekends, she had spent one full day working, doing housework without any after effects. And then the next weekend she spent two days doing housework without any ill effects at all. So (laughs) she's just, she's amazed. I mean, for her, this is a miracle. Um, and you know i'm just looking forward to the day when we've finished all the therapy i'm not sure whether we can fully heal the spine and because of obviously she's had surgery but mm-hmm. i know that we I, i'm guessing that she'll be 80% better at least by the time we finished and i'm just looking forward to hearing her story of what she says to her doctors to explain why she's so well
0: yeah and why why she doesn't need any more prescriptions for all of that horrible
4: med- medication yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Cool, that's amazing.
1: Sounds like she needs some healing surrounding the surgeries.
4: Yeah. Could be. Actually, it's a good point, Hunter. She even woke up during one of the surgeries. Wow. So there's some trauma there. So did
0: some of this trauma directly have to do with her back or her spine, or is that just
4: where it was stored? That's a great question. Not so far, but... Mm -hmm. um, last year I was working with a gentleman in his seventies in the UK who had a lot of lower back pain and he was really struggling in pain all the time. Um, I guided him back into the, one of the past lives that was causing this. Um, and in the past life, he was a soldier in battle. Um, Mm. and he was stabbed in the back. He was speared in the back and died. Um, so we released that trauma, back pain went, just went um so um you know we we, tend to it's it's, we do tend to hold trauma in particular parts of the body that relate to the wounds in past lives um so um i mean years ago uh, i had a a female client came to me a lady who was uh she'd been given six months to live um as a result of a, a very aggressive liver disease a rare liver disease um and she came to my office she had to be helped to up up the stairs to my office with a couple of people she looked like a stick insect she could hardly eat um she was sick most of the time she laid on the bed in pain most of the time um and um, she was doped up to the eyeballs on morphine as a desperate attempt to to take the pain away and um It was quite an amazing story, really. I mean, we did a lot of therapy together. She'd had two past lives which were connected to causing this liver disease. One was she was a Native American uh, squaw who was killed in a raiding party by another tribe. Um, And another uh, Native American brave came up behind her with a dagger and stabbed her in the back and killed her in the past life. Mm. And, of course, it went right into where the liver is and in the next past life she was a young polish teenage boy in the second world war who was bayoneted in that area by nazi soldiers and then dumped into a river to die um so we 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 did that and we did other stuff releasing trauma etc we even then i mean this is taking things are quite amazing um we even did surgery without any anesthetic um Mm. major major surgery um because she was getting so strong as a result of the therapy session she could eat i mean within a week of the first therapy session she was no longer on morphine she didn't need it anymore Mm. Um, the pain levels were dropping uh, the tumor stopped growing uh, on the liver um but we couldn't get rid of them um so the surgeon who she was with at the in the local hospital, he wanted to do an operation, which he'd done twice previously, disastrously. Um, and he knew now she was strong enough to to take the operation again. And uh, with this operation, she had to, uh, before the surgery, she had to drink a dye, mm-hmm. um, which would then allow the surgeon to see up on a screen what was happening in the body while he was tinkering mm-hmm. around down there um and she's highly sensitive to virtually everything um so she spent all of the surgery retching and vomiting um because she she couldn't really anesthetize her because she's very sensitive to anesthetics um and so of course the surgeon's trying to do delicate surgery with a body that's moving all the time um after the first surgery he actually damaged the liver itself
2: Mm -hmm. and the
4: second surgery damaged the gallbladder so she had to have a gallbladder removed Mm. Um, and both times she was in hospital for a a week and a half or so after the surgery so when she turned up in my office one monday morning and said um i spoke to the surgeon last week and he'd like to do the operation again suddenly these words came out of my mouth i said well we'll do the operation in hypnosis (laughs) <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Where did that come from? Um, and she said, oh, that's great. I'll have a word with him. And, and the surgeon was so desperate. Um, yes, we'll try this. So I turned up at the hospital, got all the cap and ga- gown and all the gear on and got to the operating theater. And my client is laid on the table there with all the lights and all the machinery and the the, the staff, all the, the theater staff around and the surgeon. Uh, The anaesthetist was standing there like this. She was not very impressed because uh, she was useless because I was going to do this in hypnosis. (laughs) No anaesthetic to be used. Um, So I guided her into trance and the surgeon began the work uh, to cut a long story. Um, The surgery, which the previous times had taken two and a half to three and a half hours, this time took 90 minutes. She wasn't sick once. She didn't move once. Um, at the end of the surgery, it took 90 minutes. The, the surgeon said to me, I have never, I am absolutely astonished. I have never seen anything like this in my life before. Um, he said, you must give me one of your cards. and we must talk about this. Well, I'm still waiting for that phone call 25 years later, <laughs> but, um, that lady is now 25 years past her die by date.
2: Wow.
0: That's fantastic.
4: So, you know, we're working with the mind. The mind is possibly the most powerful thing on on earth. If we can use it in the right way, we can do all of these things. Now, okay, that wouldn't work for everybody. I'm not pretending that everybody who comes to see me has these miraculous results. There are some clients I can't help at all. But I've been around a bit, and so I do have a pretty good success rate.
0: That's outstanding. Uh, What are different ways that past life... Traumas uh, can manifest in our current life. Physically, is one of the ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Very much so. Yeah. Spiritually, mentally, psychologically. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I tend to suggest that virtually every issue that we go to the doctors or the therapist with has its roots in past traumas and very likely in past life traumas. So, um, relationship issues. Um, we've been around each other many times. So it may be you having difficulty with your spouse or mother at the moment. Client may go back in trance to a past life where your mother was your mother in the past life, and she killed you, or she was hideous to you. And what the client then realizes is, well, there's no wonder my mother doesn't like me now, because in the past life, we didn't get on. She was horrible then. Or, I killed my mother in the past life. No wonder she doesn't like me and won't want me at all. So, a lot of relationship issues um, have uh, roots in past life traumas. Um, phobias are just—I I, I estimate sixty percent of phobias have their roots in past lifetimes, um, and there are phobias for virtually everything. Um, on Earth, from the common phobias, flying, etc., and mm-hmm. a phobia which is a phobia of sick, to really wacky phobias. So, do you know there's a phobia for having peanut butter stuck on the inside of the roof of your mouth?
0: <laughs> I did
4: not. Yeah, it's got one of those really long names that phobias always have. Yes. Um, the strangest one that I, I came upon, the, the BBC contacted me, actually, wanted to discuss a lady who in, got into the national press, uh, and they wanted to ask me my opinions of it. Her phobia, her phobia was a fear of the holes in the centre of donuts.
0: How odd.
4: So if ever she saw a donut, she would flip out and have panic attacks. So Interesting. I, it wasn't one of my clients. But, yeah, phobias, I mean... I, had clients with uh flying phobias are quite interesting because they are usually connected back to flying in a past life so Mm -hmm. um i had a client years ago she was a nurse and she came uh, for therapy with a flying phobia Um, and she relived a past life in the second world war as an english fighter pilot uh, who was shot down and killed Um, and of course that was not fun it was unpleasant but we released the trauma the phobia completely cleared and she went on holiday without any fear at all. Um, I write on quite a few phobias in, in The Power of Past Life Regression, actually, in my second book, because uh, I think phobias are, quite, are very interesting. I had one lady who was in the Vietnam War in the past life um, and she was a male uh, American soldier who was in a very rickety old sort of plane, uh, flying over the jungle, when the Viet Cong um, uh, fired at the plane and, and blew it and, and shot at it and with missiles, whatever, and it crash landed. And first of all, there was the terror of thinking he was going to die as the plane came down. Mm. Actually, they, they, they managed to get into a clearing and, and they survived the crash. But then they had the second fear of being in the middle of the jungle trying to get back to base knowing that at any minute they could be uh they could be killed so there was all of that trauma so although he survived in the past life um that was the trauma so that trauma had come into my client in this lifetime and was still there uh, It had sort of connected to planes uh that, that makes sense, though, because some phobias
0: se- seem to come out of no place, like you have no rational reason why you would be so afraid of spiders, for instance, if you didn't have a, a past bad experience or something. So that, that makes total sense to connect it to a something from a past a past life altogether.
4: Yes, yeah, very yeah. much so. Um, and then emotional traumas, so lack of confidence, um, low self-esteem, I had a, a young lad a young gentleman years ago um he came he was about 18 and he just started working in a local office his first job and as he as he sat in front of me in my office he just he never made eye contact he was just always looking away and talking down and he just said i just i just lack confidence i've been like this for years he said I've, I've always been a bit shy or a lot shy as a child um but i've, I've you know and at the, the office they all think i'm weird he said, I, if they talk, I sit on my own in the corner, I don't involve myself with all the conversations. If anybody comes with a file for me to work on, they, they, I look away as they pass it to me. And you think, he said, they all think I'm weird. He said, I'm not weird. I just, I just feel really scared a lot of the time. And a, a lack of confidence is always caused by fear. Um, because when we're working in regression, we're working on any one or more of the five root negative emotions. I call them roots because they're like roots that go down into the ground. Mm-hmm. So the, the roots go down and then the problem grows up. So a lot of therapy is about chopping the, the weed down mm-hmm. and that can be successful, of course, uh, but sometimes the weed grows back if you don't- Exactly. If you just chop it or if you, don't grow it, if you don't chop it enough, it grows along and comes out in a different way.
0: Yes.
4: So for example, skin problems. caused by locked in anger all skin problems are caused there are not many absolutes in my world but all skin problems are caused by locked in anger that's psoriasis Mm -hmm. eczema etc um so let's say you're working with depression as a therapist and you chop it down a bit and the depression goes but the roots are still there it may come out a few months later that the client gets its skin problems So what we're doing in regression is we're digging out the roots and there are five negative emotions, which are, shall I test you here what they are? No. <laughs> <laughs> anger, anger, sadness, anger, sadness, fear, anxiety, and guilt. Mm-hmm. Guilt is a forgotten emotion. A big one. Um, so this lad, basically lack of confidence, locked in fear. So I guided him into trance after what we talked about things, and his subconscious took him back into a past life. And he then relived being executed in front of a crowd of people who were baying for his blood and his pre- friend's blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was maybe three, 400 years ago uh, in, in sort of medieval in, England or whatever. And um, he'd done something wrong against the local baron or uh, people in charge. And they thought he was the ringleader so before they executed him by chopping his head off, they made him watch his friends being put to death. And then they killed him. Now in the session, he was very unhappy in that session. It really wasn't, it wasn't nice for him. And he kept saying to me, I don't really want to do this. And I said, well, we're going to do it. I'm sorry, you're in there now. If I pull you out now, you're going to feel awful for weeks. So we must mm-hmm. go through this. Mm-hmm. And Thankfully, he trusted me. Um, we released the trauma. And he was very shocked at the end of the therapy. And he said, well, I don't believe in past lives. It doesn't matter. Your subconscious took you there for a reason. If you want to believe that was just a metaphor that your subconscious was created to heal you, then that's okay, it doesn't matter. Um, And he came back to me a couple of weeks later. As he walked in my office, he was a different person. His head was up, his shoulders were back, total eye contact. And he said, I cannot thank you enough. It's been like a miracle. I am a totally different person now at work. Um, all of that fear has just gone from my body. I just feel so much more at ease in situations. Um, so, you know, that's the uh, lack of confidence. Guilt, I mentioned guilt. Most sexual issues have locked in guilt causing them. Most, not all, but most of them. So, um, you know, we're aiming to release the guilt that that may be at the heart of the sexual issue. So, you name it, any (laughs) issue will have its roots in the past and almost certainly in past lives. Wow.
1: Well, you mentioned something that that really struck me when you were talking about the healing of trauma family members, that, that that energy can come through you as well. What are your thoughts about the concept of cellular memories? Mm. So we are storing our uh, experiences in the cells and the experiences of our ancestors of maybe even all of humanity. does Is it necessary for us to have this soul, family cluster, relationship in order to heal or could we be could we potentially be healing uh, the relationship or or the trauma of someone that we don't know
4: mm-hmm. well there's a few <laughs> <laughs> there's a yes. few questions there um and some of that's a, a little existential so i, I can't mm-hmm. give definitive answers of course um, but what i will say from my experience uh, and i'll answer you in different ways if that's okay hunter mm-hmm. uh, as best i can um first of all it, it, the only part of regression that has been scientifically proven is ancestral regression ancestral mm-hmm. trauma is passed down it seems to be at a genetic level but actually there's there it's more than a genetic level there's also an energy to it Mm -hmm. um and they've done tests on rats i think and mice and they've proven that this comes down through the genes so um if a person is traumatized in their life if they don't release the trauma there's a possibility they can pass it down to subsequent generations Mm -hmm. um so, what we're aiming to do in regression is to go back into the ancestor's life, where whoever that is, it may be a grandparent, a great grandparent, etc. etc. As a rule, it's not more than seven generations back, hmm. as a rule. And I think uh, shamanically, they often talk about ancestral stuff going back seven generations. Yes, yeah. yeah, right. uh, before that, it seems to clear itself in some way. Hmm. Um, So what we're doing is going back with the client, goes into the ancestor's life as though they are the ancestor. Mm
2: -hmm. So
4: you go back and relive your mother's trauma, your great grandfather's trauma. The number of times over the years, my client has experienced this, something they didn't know about the ancestor. And they've, after the session, spoken to the mother or grandparent, and they've said, how on earth did you know that? Yes, that's exactly what happened to him. How did you know that? um so that's basically how that works now how this is sort of stored yes on one level it is like a cellular memory it's a genetic thing in most cases but i have had quite a lot of sessions where it seems to come down from the ancestor like us like an energy Mm. so how this works let's say we're working in great-grandfather's life on his traumas. And we maybe there's not much trauma, but we actually go into great-grandfather's death. Now you can think, how does that death trauma get passed down to my client? Because it's this sort of death trauma, but it seems to still be able to be passed down. So the client experiences it as an energy Um, because you'd think, well, hang on, the trauma should have taken place in the great grand in grandfather's life before they had children. Right. Because that's how it gets passed down through the genes. Sure. Mm-hmm. So how is it his death, which has taken place after his children are been born? How mm-hmm. does that cause a trauma? Well, it, it, in that case, it possibly isn't genetic. In that case, there may be some form of energy that we just do not understand that is passed down through to, sure. the, to the generations. Yeah, I totally believe that. Now as to, you know, I mean, the subconscious is vast. I mean, are we, th- there's a few questions here. Are we healing those ancestors by doing this work? Because, you know, we don't understand the concept of time. There is a possibility of that. Mm-hmm. Although I do tend to say, so let's say my client is experiencing their mother's trauma and mother is still alive my client will say, well, is my mother going to heal? Because am I healing her? Mm -hmm. Well, there are two schools of thought. I know some therapists who will say, yes, your mother will get some benefit from this. Mm
2: -hmm.
4: But my belief is we all have our own original pain work to do. Mm. So I believe we all have our own work to do on our own emotional stuff. So we need to do that. We can't just rely on somebody else to do it. Although having said that... In the last couple of years, I've been experimenting with a new aspect of regression, um, which not many people sort of know about. And I don't think anybody's really doing this, which is to actually do what I call surrogate regression. Mm. So, which is where I regress my client into somebody else's life to heal their life, not mm. my client. And how this happened, I've got a wonderful uh, hypnotherapy friend in Ireland and um she called me one day and she said i don't know if this is possible burgess but i've got a dog i've just had a bought a dog recently and she's wonderful she's a rescue dog and we're incredibly mm-hmm. close and i do feel that she's what i call i call these spiritual dogs mm-hmm. it's as if some animals have a big spiritual soul mm-hmm. they understand um, I mean, years ago, I, I had an English setter who didn't understand anything. He was just... <laughs> just some just, like our pugs. <laughs> yeah. He'd been running to park cars and things like that, you know, chasing <laughs> park cars. Um, but um, there are some animals, and she'd had a dog like this years earlier in New Zealand when she lived there. And it, was, it understood, it knew, it was almost like... Um, a healing dog it had a healing presence
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, I have a colleague in in, Oz, in, in uh, Norway um, where I've been running training courses in Norway for many years and a colleague over there she has a dog which she takes into her therapy sessions with her because it has a healing energy so my friend in Ireland said she's a wonderful dog she's so intelligent but she's an absolute pain in the ass she just <laughs> isn't she will not do what she's told and she she said she follows me like around the house like a shadow she says at times i'll be walking one way i'll suddenly walk the other way and i'll fall over the dog she's at my feet and she said but she, mm-hmm. we love her to bits but there are times when i could really throttle her she said We know that she's a rescue dog, so she's probably got some trauma um, Mm -hmm. that she's been through. Is it possible, because me and the dog are really very connected, for you to regress me to heal the dog's issues? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, well, I don't know, but we'll give it a crack, because this is unusual. (laughs) I mean, I've I've done most things over the last 31 years, and this is new. Um, So we did... um, as I said, I do all my sessions online. So we make, my client left the dog downstairs in the house, out the way, so the dog couldn't hear anything was going on as she was mm-hmm. in her bedroom. I guided her into trance, and her subconscious, using a finger, mm-hmm. indicated that the dog's traumas were coming from past lives and from this present life.
2: Mm.
4: And my client then regressed into a past life in which my client was a Nazi guard in a prison camp in the second world war mm. so she was a male nazi guard and she had a dog as the the guard dog mm-hmm. and the dog was obviously the dog now now what this nazi guard did spent all day long just touring the perimeter of mm-hmm. the touring the perimeter fence holding this dog on a leash um you know looking for breakouts and trying to stop uh, mm-hmm. breaks etc And what happened in the past life is this Nazi guard had a conscience, as so many of these poor people did who were forced Mm. to become Nazis. He wasn't happy with what was going on in the camp, and he he actually helped some of the inmates to escape. But they found out it was him, so immediately they just took him out and shot him and killed him. His dog was bereft. This dog has been living 24 hours a day with him, for months if not years and suddenly its owner is dead it's completely goes to you know it's bereft really very unhappy so we we did that session my client was pretty you know surprised at this but she said do you know burgess she said i've now i've now realized when i take her out for walks in the irish countryside we go walking through the fields." she said all she wants to do is walk around the outside of the fields where the hedges are, and she spends most of her time looking through holes in the hedges onto the other side. The dog was continuing this pattern of being against the dog. Um, we did a session a couple of weeks later. There was an immediate significant improvement in the dog's behavior in those two weeks. She said, she's no longer following me around. She feels much calmer. She seems to be happier uh there's she's doing what i ask her to do there's been a significant improvement so we continued we then did another past life and this was even more of a weird past life because my client re-experienced a, a past life as an extraterrestrial on another planet mm. and the dog and her were two of these extraterrestrial life forms and they'd been away or oh, like on a mission i think like military uh, on a spacecraft for a long time they came back to their home planet to find it was completely deserted not a soul there and it was like the marie celeste you know there was Mm
2: -hmm.
4: not a single uh soul there alive or in any way couldn't find anything and then suddenly this weird alien gas appeared from nowhere and asphyxiated them both and killed them both wow so um now we cleared that past life we also did some work with the dog's life in this life where it had been hit by its owners mm. and uh, and beaten and again after that session she reported back a few weeks later she said i went downstairs after our session steve and she said all evening our dog was in such joy I have never seen her so happy. The rest of the evening, after we did that session, and bear in mind the dog is in a different part of the house, so there's no placebo. It can't hear what my client is telling me. (laughs) And the improvements have been enormous, absolutely enormous. So I started to think there's possibly a way that we can do work on ourselves for somebody else. Well,
1: Steve, what a fantastic interview this has been. I really hope that you will come back and speak to us again. We have so many uh, m- many more questions that we would love to ask you. Or
0: you I don't know if you've ever done this but maybe do a session on the show if we could we could pay you to do that. I don't know, maybe we, you don't maybe you don't go there. Maybe that's not something that you would do, but
1: I would love to do a regression with you at but, any point. Or
0: or maybe we we record it and then if it seems appropriate.
4: That would be better. I'd be very okay. happy yes. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very I happy would love to do it. that Be very okay. happy to, yeah. Let's do that. And it and, um, and then you could use it on on your channel because uh, okay. yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure as well, Hunter, because you're obviously very open. You know, because you the nature of the things we're talking about, and that you um, the, the things that you're putting on the melt uh, generally. I think you'll almost certainly get into regression. And also, you obviously have a psychic gift. Uh, I mean, I don't know anything about you, but you know, if that was there as a child, it will still be there. So the chances are you'll get, we'll, we'll get a good regression. Yeah. Happy to do that. Fantastic. That okay, cool. Wonderful. Well, and maybe whatever. next time we could talk about the famous past lives because we haven't even those. Yes. doors. Yeah. Up, so, yes. Absolutely. Just, absolutely. Just recently I've been working with the reincarnation of Alexandra, the wife of Tsar Nicholas II of Russia. Oh, wow. Incredible. That's an amazing stuff. The stuff that's coming through for her. So yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would love to, happy to come to that. Very much so. Uh, Excellent
0: book, The Power of Past Life Regression. I highly suggest anybody who's listening, uh, please go out and, and read it or, or listen to it like I did. And fortunately, it's read by you who have you have a great voice. So, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe if you could tell the listeners or the viewers where they can find you and your work online.
4: Okay, Um, I'm in a transition period. I'm just having a brand new website built, which should be available very, very soon. That Mm -hmm. will be steveburgishypnosis.com. steveburgishypnosis.com, and everything will be on there, um, including my podcasts and blogs. Um, My free YouTube channel, which I'm passionate about, is my way of giving hypnotherapy back to the world. It's Mm. just so important for me to do that. Um, and that's called hypno for all which is h-y-p-n-o the number four A a-l-l hypno for all Um, and there are free hypnotherapy recordings on there for all sorts of things anxiety relaxation weight loss etc childbirth um, as well as now we're putting these special regression sessions on as well the past life sessions on there Uh, so i'll I'll really ask people to do that Um, and my First book is the power of past life regression. After the uh, after the second book, fantastic! And, um, so, yeah,
0: cool. Well, thank you. thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. It was really amazing, and your work your work is amazing. And I yeah, I I would love to get a session
4: myself. Um, great stuff. Uh, let me know anytime. I'd be very happy to come back. It's been a real pleasure being with you, both. Thank you. Likewise, fantastic. thank you
0: for sure. And a great meeting you, Steve. Thank
4: you. All right. All right. Take care right of yourself. Thank you, and yourself. Yes. Bye bye. Uh-huh. Lots, lots of love to you both. Bye bye. Likewise. Thank you.
1: Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Great. Super. Great. Super. Super. Wonderful. What a interesting, fascinating interview.
0: Fascinating subject. I mean, it's 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 really out uh, astounding that this is not something that's more popular and widespread. I guess because I mean. As we've talked about many times, we live in a materialist society that doesn't really believe much past the physicality of existence and what can be weighed and measured. So it would also uh, make sense that those same folks do not believe in past lives. Um, so that's probably the major reason this isn't more widespread, but it seems like amazingly helpful and and successful work, therapy. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I think that, uh, it sounds like some of his clients have gone through many, many different, uh, therapeutic modalities, healing modalities, you, you know, using, uh, pharmaceuticals surgeries and have been unsuccessful. And so for some of them, it seems like this is kind of the last stop because they've tried everything out. Yeah. So it's interesting that there's a probably a level of desperation for some people who go into uh, his sessions and they just want to get better. Mm -hmm. But some people, it seems like they have just, I I would be curious to find out how people find out about him. Like the, the gentleman who was extremely shy, you know, how did he end up, in his space, you know, that's, that seems like someone like that would be hesitant to do any type of therapy like this.
0: Well, you mentioned doing a a session on TV Mm. at one point, I would imagine he gets some sort of coverage that way. Uh, But his book, at least the book that I read, or that I had him read to me, um, was generally, it wasn't trying to Explain how this works, how it happens, why, the what fors. It mostly was recounting um, experiences that he's had with people.
1: I love how you said, had him read to me, like you, like he read it like online to you. On the phone, actually. <laughs> That's really While sweet. I was at work. <laughs> Steve, can we do chapters three through four today? Uh, and but, I was so fascinated by. How, what he said about depression mm-hmm. being locked in anger and and sadness and it's so it so resonates with me and so true how these things manifest in you know emotional state and emotional baggage and also in physical state like the skin is locked in anger yeah it's really really intense because i think of of skin issues that I've had in different parts of my body and how that relates to uh trauma that I have, like why there were certain places where I had skin issues. Those were places that I had physical trauma. Mm-hmm. Well I have or emotional curr- trauma. I currently
0: have skin issues, so I, I don't think that I'm seething with rage inside, but perhaps I'm I have stored up anger about things that have happened to me long, you know, in my past or in my past lives for that matter. Or Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but I'm, I plan to find out. I definitely would like to do a, at least one session with him and yes. find out what's going on.
1: For sure. That would be incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had those experiences with other people before and one I had with someone that you've had on the show before that the session lasted three hours Mm -hmm. and it was really, really intense. Uh, But I feel like I would, I feel more connected with Steve and like, not that I feel like he's more of a professional than this other person was, but I, I feel like he has more of a handle on doing this specific type of work.
2: Yeah.
0: For sure. And he seems very grounded too.
1: Totally. And I really, I I could see uh, folding this into uh, my own therapy practice Mm -hmm. and how powerful that would be because I I feel like a lot of people that go into psychoanalysis um, as psychoanalysts really go into that in earnest. They, you know, they really want to do... The healing and they, wanted, they want to help people. But I think the unintended consequence of that is that you're talking about a long game. So that could be 10 years of doing therapy with one person and maybe that person doesn't feel or get any better, but you've built a new house or you have a boat now or, you know, so it's like, is that really helping the, you know, the, the bigger picture? I like this idea of being able to do the work and not only healing, you know, what's happening on this level of uh, consensus reality and consciousness, but actually going back and doing healing of something that happened in a, in a previous Existence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It seems extremely effective and it totally makes sense. It just so much about it makes sense. Um, Because, I mean, first of all, you've got to run into a guy like Steve in order to uh, even realize that this modality exists. But, you know, that's that had to have been much, much harder in past lives, like in the World War One, how many people were doing past life regressions? Like was it something that was even talked about? You know, probably in much smaller circles than than today. So it's it's great that somebody like him exists. I'm sure many more like him exist, but that we can help to spread the word about this because it seems like again, whether you you don't have to believe in it. He doesn't have magic powers, like this is something that you could learn in four hours, he said, right? Four hour sessions or four sessions. Um so it's it's totally accessible. It's not something mysterious. It's not something that only a cloistered group of individuals knows about. So anybody can learn to do
1: this. Well his four his the four number was doing the training, the regression I mean. therapy four days. Four days, four days, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um I really felt so much just curiosity about the animal, Mm -hmm. that whole animal aspect. And so interesting that so many people generationally are dealing with Nazi Germany, World War II trauma totally makes sense. Yeah. Completely makes sense. For sure.
0: For sure. And I think it was interesting to hear about, people that were incarnated or had past lives in on other planets in other forms. I I wanted to dig more into that, but it was, you know, there's so many things to ask about that just kind of got lost in the shuffle.
1: Yeah. And the other thing that I, I wanted to kind of dip into a little bit more that, that we glossed over a little bit was why it's only seven generations. Mm -hmm. And when he said it clears after or before seven generations, what is his opinion about why? Why it's does the, it clear?
0: It's the karmic statute of limitations. <laughs> um, you know, there's that stupid, uh, woke, uh, uh, healthy label, you know, that we've gotten the laundry detergent. seventh seventh generation or whatever. That's a thing. That's like a something taken from the indigenous peoples of some land said something like, think, think as think seven generations out or something like that. Sorry about that. Yeah. I don't know what happens after that. Maybe it's a cycle. Maybe Mm -hmm. something changes after that or lapses or
1: Yeah. I was really super curious about that. Um, and I liked the, being able to heal animals Mm -hmm. like that surrogate, Regression that was I really got into that that which,
0: poor little doggy. Which dog were you thinking of ours that you would <laughs> like to do that? Which one first?
1: Well, I mean, Bowser? I I feel like I feel like our dogs like we definitely have some intertwined karma mm-hmm. with our our dogs. Definitely, I feel that with the dachshunds that. That we I am communicating on a different level with these dogs, they're not just dogs they they were sons of mine or daughters of mine, or somehow we have some other enmeshed uh r- relationship. What's so interesting about the pugs is I feel that about them too, but I don't know what your what your connection <laughs> with them is because it's so it's so weird how they came into your life and it's so weird that how like when i came into your life i will never forget this they were s- asleep on the couch in our old house and when i walked in the room they both looked up at me like Thank God you're here. (laughs) Like they were so excited to meet me and see me and their energy was just, it just like, it was like it woke up. So there's definitely some, some bond that all of us have.
0: I would like to make it clear that prior to her arriving, it wasn't like I was beating them or anything like that. It was, it was, it was more like I never connected with these dogs. They
1: were shut down. Yeah. Emotionally.
0: (laughs) We just don't have never gotten each other like, you know, yeah. ideally with a dog you have, or with any pet, really, I guess yeah. you have a, uh, an interaction where well, you actually totally. have a relationship totally. with them. Like you, yeah. there's a give and take and there's yes. a communication and it's a two way street. I never felt like I had that with yeah. the pugs. It's huh. like they didn't know how to play yeah. or anything like yeah. that. So so
1: I just went to someone's house that had, has two kind of our dream dogs to even though i love our four dogs of course they have two uh two black labs that they got from uh the humane society and is this is today today and this gentleman told me that when he and his wife went to go get a dog they were only going to get one dog and they walked in and they saw these two little black labs. And he said, immediately in my mind, he said, we're getting two dogs because they were litter mates and they were just enmeshed. And the, this is what was going to happen. So he brought the dogs home. Now, these dogs are huge and they're happy and active and engaged. And I, I was so interesting because when I was in the situation with these dogs, the people were, were freaked out. They were like, "Our dogs jump on you!" and they yeah. and I was like, "I'm very dog friendly. It's fine." And within f- ten minutes, they're both laying at my feet, totally conked out. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, these are the dogs Chris wants.
2: Exactly.
1: <laughs> this is the dog energy Chris wants. These dogs have larger brains. They're more engaged. That's a big plus. They're farm dogs. They're out and right. in and out of the house.
0: I like dogs that look like the lights are on, That like there's somebody home and that they actually realize I'm there yes. besides when I'm depositing food to them and yeah. that there is, you know, yeah. there's a connection you know, I don't yeah. think that's too much to ask for. But, you know, I, I'm just I don't think I'm sensitive enough. To them, like you are, you can connect to them. Totally. you have much more of a your field of empathy spreads much farther yeah. than mine does.
1: Well, I just feel like I I have a a other sense when it comes to animals that I can I can read an animal. I, I feel more connected to animals than I allow myself to feel to most humans mm-hmm. because I'm such an empath that if I hook in with the human, I can, I feel like I take on their karma. Like I can absorb their energy where dogs, I feel there's a symbiotic thing that's happening that we're working together on a psychic or a spiritual level.
0: I had a dog like that too. Um, But I think that also I have an on and off switch with animals sometimes because I had a lot of traumatic experiences connected with pets when I was growing up. Uh, A lot of really like, you know, like, having something sitting on the top of the lid that I had a guinea pig in, uh, uh, like an aquarium or something like that. And it it was loose or something. So I put something heavy on top. The lid happened to move somehow and the heavy thing fell on the guinea pig who was still alive, but had a broken back and just escape hamsters that I found later bloated in a bucket of water and
2: just (laughs) all
0: kinds of really horrible stuff like that. So I think I can unattached from animals uh, maybe easier than I should be able to, but that doesn't apply to all animals. I mean yeah. Yeah. you may
1: have twelve guinea pig spirits attached <laughs> I to right.
2: you. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> hamsters.
1: And that could be the anchor. <laughs>
0: Mice too. All small rodents. That's a, most of my traumatic experience. I had a dog that was a puppy when we got him and he you know, we kept him in the basement, which could have lent to him being so vocal all yeah. night long and yeah. woke up one day and my dad had taken him out to the countryside and just let him loose. So
1: Oh yeah. Stuff like that. More this could be skin issues as anger from that. Could be I've never sadness. forgiven my dad.
0: No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um good times. I <laughs> On that note. <laughs> 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 we love Speaking your dad. Of, we, we do. We love Absolutely. animals. Yes. For we sure. We love you. We love you. Um,
0: thank you for listening. Yes, uh, Steve was fantastic, great guest. Uh, got a really good feeling from him, so yes. I highly suggest his book. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be links to how to get to that uh, in the episode notes, along with his websites. Thank you all for listening. Um, if you want to contact us, the Melt Podcast at protonmail dot com,
1: Hunter hyphen Muse at protonmail dot com. Keep those emails coming.
0: Thank you for listening. (laughs) Spread us far and wide and uh, great stuff coming down the pike. So thank you all so much. Much love. To hear the full-length version of this episode, get access to exclusive and early episodes and participate in our monthly Zoom meetups for as little as $3 per month, Just click the Patreon link in the episode notes or visit patreon.com slash themeltpodcast. Contributing financially will help to make this podcast my full-time gig that I can devote more time to and allow me to create more content. Other ways of contributing would be giving us a favorable review or rating wherever you get your podcasts, subscribing to us on YouTube, spreading the word wherever you and your tribe congregate or just by sending us your positive thoughts and intentions in a quantumly intertwined and holographic multiverse these also go a long way thank you